carols about how God becomes a man in the baby Jesus Christ. That's the claim of the Bible. And, uh, and this baby, there's the shepherds around him and a virgin mother and the donkeys. And uh, we saw a Christmas card yesterday that also had a dog on the nativity scene. So, you know, there you go. We know the story, right? Uh, but we want to look at uh, a story today, an account from the Bible that's actually about when this baby has grown up. He's a man. He's been traveling around the ancient Middle East and uh, he's been performing miracles, performing healings, and teaching about why he came. So if you've got a church Bible, turn with me to page 876. We're going to look at Luke 17. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's all good. Um, I'm going to be putting the major verses up on the screen as well, so you can follow along. What we have here is there are some men who come to Jesus. He's about 30-something years old at this point. He's been teaching, performing healings. Uh, These men now come to Jesus. Now, I'd like you to notice what these men ask for. Luke 17, verse 11. There we go. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that is Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, why do these men come to Jesus? Because they have leprosy. In case you're not familiar, leprosy is a bacterial disease. It's still around today, just not as common as it was in the ancient world. And if you contracted this bacterial disease, your skin would go all flaky and and there'd be weeping rashes and sores. Highly contagious. Okay? And in the ancient world, if you saw someone with leprosy, you'd be like, oh, get me away from them. Highly contagious because it's just like if I um, have been mowing out in the lawn and I'm all hot and sweaty and I come inside and there's my beautiful wife and I'm like, hey, give me a cuddle, right? It's just apparently I'm contagious. Right? That's like leprosy. Okay? And so these people, they'd be actually exiled from their homes, from their families. They couldn't do their jobs. They'd be exiled outside of the cities and towns into little sort of like shanty towns and caves. And so you can imagine for these 10 men that come to Jesus, they've got this existential problem. The very building blocks of their life have all just crumbled down because of this disease that they've got. They can't go to their families. They they can't work their jobs. They can't live in their homes. And they're crippled by this health condition. And so they come to Jesus Only they don't come right up to Jesus because, of course, they have leprosy. So they have this big gap between them and they call out across the gap, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They ask Jesus, essentially, to do a miracle and fix their lives. Some of us might see ourselves in the lepers this morning as we come to church today on Christmas Day, hoping that God might notice us and fix these things in our lives, these existential problems. But watch what Jesus does next. We might expect him to be like many of the other people in the ancient world and say, get away from me, I don't want you near me. Or we might expect him to say, don't waste my time. Don't you know that I'm the son of God? But look at what he actually says, verse 14. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, in the ancient world, the priests essentially were like the health inspectors. Okay, so if you've 
got an infectious disease like leprosy or something like that, and you believe that you've been cured from it, you would have to go and show yourself to the priests, these health inspectors, and then they'd go, oh yeah, you're fit for regular society or not. So he's saying, go and show yourself to the health inspectors. And along the way, what happens? They were cleansed. They were healed. Now, obviously not by chance, because leprosy doesn't just fall off you, especially if you're like in this huddle of lepers or with this highly contagious condition, right? And it's not like, you know, a dog can just shake off dirt from its coat. You can't just shake off leprosy. Obviously, God has healed them according to the Bible's account. Now, what would you do if that happened for you? What would you do if even today, as you've come to church, God fixed the things that you hope he might fix? Your marriage, your home life, your business, your finances, your health, whatever it might be, what would you do? Here's what nine of these ex-lepers do. Very understandably, they run straight for home, right? God has given them this gift of healing. So, of course, they go and, and reunite with their families. They go back to their jobs. They go and see the friends that they haven't been able to see for such a long time and enjoy the life that they had to leave behind. They go back to life as it was. They enjoy the gift that God has given them. Only there's a problem with that. All gifts have a short shelf life. Think about the stocking stuffers that go into kids' stockings every Christmas, like little whistles and noisemakers and whatever else. They play with them once, and then what happens? Landfill. Think about what you got for Christmas last year. What did you get for Christmas last year? I tell you, it's really awkward because my wife and my in-laws are here this morning. I don't remember what they got me. I'm sure it was very good. What was it? Oh, the tools. I use them all the time. <laughs> you see my point, right? Even a great gift, the best of gifts. <laughs> you can forget that that's what you got. All gifts have a short shelf life. And so think about for these lepers, right? They've been healed, but how long until they get another disease? It's the ancient world. There's no hygiene. How long until the honeymoon period of being back with their family wears off? Right? They're all starry-eyed and, oh, I missed you and, oh, I love you. And then give them like a couple of weeks in the mess and the chaos and the whinging kids and they'll be going, geez, that leprosy cave, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> Every gift has a short shelf life. So God did a, a miracle for these nine lepers, but it's really only a band-aid fix, do you see? It dealt with the immediate problem, which is valuable and helpful and good, don't get me wrong. But it's only going to be a matter of time until they face another problem of a similar magnitude. So the nine lepers that go back to their old home, their old way of life, they only really receive a band-aid. What about the other leper? Because there were ten. What does he experience? Take a look with me. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, what's the difference with this man? Well, obviously, he's thankful, right? When all these other nine guys 
are running for home. He actually stops in his place and he thinks, oh my goodness, what's happened to me? Look at what this man Jesus has just done for me. And he turns around while his friends are all still running this way and goes back to Jesus. As he goes back, he's praising God. And then when he sees Jesus, he falls at his feet, pouring out thanks. What a contrast. And to even serve up the contrast even more, look at the end of verse 16. Who is this guy? He was a Samaritan. Now, historical detail here. There are two groups living in the ancient Middle East, uh, sort of the largest two groups. One of them is the Jews in the south, and then there's the Samaritans in the north. And they hate each other. They are born enemies. Okay, This is like you're going along to the Mariners game and then you've got the away bay full of Sydney FC fans or Newcastle fans, right? or really any other fans of any other team. They're all trash. And so <laughs> Jews and Samaritans, that's what it's like. Okay, They hate each other. Um, they would never worship together. They would never share a table together. And yet this man is the one that goes back to Jesus who is a Jew. This man, not the other nine, who are presumably also Jews. It's the Samaritan, the enemy, the outsider. Which just makes you think, man, what about those other nine? Gee, what, what were they missing? If the unexpected dude was the one that went back and thanked God for what he'd done, what are they missing? Well, let me give you a bit of an illustration of, of what I think they were missing. Just imagine... Put yourself in a, a kid's shoes if you can. And even kids, think about this. Think about if mum or dad decided they were going to get you a really special Christmas present this year. Okay, So just put yourself back in a kid's shoes if you can. Really special Christmas present. Something you're really looking forward to. For me as a kid in the 1990s, this was it. The Super Soaker 60. Now the air pressure Super Soaker 60. Um, and I just dreamt about like the purple water tank and the orange handle and the green. It's, it's the most 90 things, 90s thing you can imagine, isn't it? <laughs> now, I know it doesn't look like much, but this thing actually had uh, it packed a power way more than what it looks like. Uh, it take like 40 pumps of the thing to give it any air pressure. But once it was good, it would go like the whole length of our pool, which was just what I needed because when my brother would come up for air, you could ping him in the face and, you know... <laughs> What more does a kid really want? <laughs> so I was really looking forward to, to hopefully getting this Super Soaker 60 as a kid for uh, my Christmas present. And could you imagine just for a moment that I've got this thing and I feel around the packet and, oh, I know what this is. And on the front is a little note that says, Love from Mum and Dad. And there they are. They're just sitting expectantly in front of me and they're going, oh, you're going to love this. And I tear it all open. And without any eye contact, without any words to them at all, I just blitz into the yard and then don't say a word to them for the rest of Christmas Day. What am I missing? Obviously saying thank you, obviously. But there's more to it than that. I'm actually missing something else in this illustration. You see, because why is it that mum and dad got this awesome present for me? Think about it. It wasn't just to get me out of their hair. Or maybe it was, I don't know. <laughs> Except I created more trouble for my brother with that, so <laughs> more problems. 
Why was it? Yeah. Well, to show how much they love me and to show that they're invested in our relationship. What they really care about is our relationship. That's the purpose of gifts, right? You buy gifts for the ones that you love. There's something here that the nine lepers have totally missed. You see, God doesn't just want to fix the problems in our lives. He doesn't just want to put a band-aid solution on the things that are stressing us out. Even if it's a miracle, it's still only a band-aid. What does he really want to give us? More than just a gift. He actually wants to give us a relationship with the giver, just like the parents in that illustration. And we'd all agree relationships are so important for life. They are so important. They are the ultimate existential building block, if you like. There was an interesting psychological study a little while ago where you got a participant. They had to put their hand into a bucket of ice. And they do this three times over three different sessions. The first time they were instructed, you've got to keep your hand in this bucket of ice as long as you can, but remain completely silent. So trying to see how long they could get these people to go. And they didn't last too long being completely silent because you can't even be like, as soon as you make that sound, you're done. Time's up. Second one, they were told, put your hand in the bucket of ice, and this time you can say whatever you want. All right? you, can, you can pep yourself up with some positive self-talk, or you can just swear your head off. Whatever you want to do, put your hand into the ice and see how long you last. And they lasted way longer in the second time than the first because they had you know, the word catharsis. They had catharsis. They could, they could actually sort of get rid of the stress, the anxiety, as it were. The third trial, they actually lasted the longest of all. And in the third trial, they had to again remain completely silent. But this time, they could have someone that they loved and who loved them come and sit with them and either hold their hand or encourage them, sort of be the catharsis for them, as it were. And it was that that actually led them to last the longest by far with their hand in the ice. Now, why is that? It's because relationships are so important to life. They're the ultimate building block. And with the right relationships, there are so many problems and issues in life that we're actually able to weather. And that's exactly something that this leper discovers. He comes back to Jesus, praising God, thanking Jesus. And in this way, it's no longer just a one-way relationship where God gives a gift and then it's back to life as normal just a band-aid fix. It's actually a two-way relationship where he experiences friendship with the giver, expressed in thankfulness, expressed in gratitude, expressed in trust. And you would actually see just a glimpse of that in verse 19. Take a look. So after Jesus questions, you know, where are the other nine? He then says to this leper, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well, now it's interesting what Jesus says here, just very quickly. He says, your faith has made you what? Well. Now it's interesting because that's not the word that the rest of this account uses to describe what happened to these men. In verse 14, 
and verse 17, it says that they were cleansed or healed, depending what Bible translation you're using. They were cleansed. But this man, Jesus could have just said, rise and go, your faith has cleansed you. He doesn't. He says, your faith has made you well. He changes the register. And the reason for that, I think, is because, indeed, for those other nine men, all that happened was that they were cleansed. They got the band-aid fix. They got the gift, and that's good. But this man had something more. Not only was he made physically well, he was made relationally well with God. He was made spiritually well. And you can see that. This is nerdy, right? But I've already established I'm an egghead. That's okay. Um, you can see that in the original Greek word, because the Bible was originally, this part of the Bible was originally written in Greek, uh, which captures not only the sense of being healed, but also the sense of being rescued and saved. And if you want, if you want to see evidence of that yourself, you can probably see in your Bible there's a little footnote next to the word well. It's like a little number nine in mine. I've put it up on the screen there too. And if you go to the bottom of the page and look for the number nine, you'll see or has saved you. It's because that word is actually broader than just cleansed. It means cleansed, healed, rescued, and saved. This man experiences at least a glimpse of relationship with God. And so for us, as we come to church today on Christmas Day, we can actually find the same thing. Not just a one-way gift from God, but a relationship with the giver. That's exactly what God wants to give us. Because we live in a world of existential problems. If we just want God to notice us and fix these problems in our lives, as it were, then you know, it might feel like we're asking a lot. But actually, we're asking too little. There's a lot more that he wants to give us. Hopefully I've made that clear this morning. He wants to do the most important thing of all. He wants to deal with the ultimate existential problem, which is that, in fact, we're separated from him. And that's the reality for all of us, myself included. On my own, I am separate from God. I, I'm not in relationship with him. That's the case for every single one of us. We've all ignored him, as it were, like the other nine lepers. He's given us the gift of life. He's given us the gift of breath, the gift of this world, the gift of many good things in this world. And yet we've all ignored the giver, a bit like the kid who ignores his parents on Christmas Day. In fact, even more than that, we've mistreated the giver, if you think about it. It's a bit like if the, the kid on Christmas Day grabbed the super soaker and then just went hog wild on his parents while their phone was in their pocket and, you know, they're holding all these other important presents. I didn't do that. I was a good kid. <laughs> but, but in God's sight, I'm not good. That's the thing. And that's true for all of us. We've all ignored the giver of these gifts and, in fact, rebelled against the giver of these gifts. The Bible calls that sin. And that's what separates us from God. If you want, you could imagine it like this. Here's us. And imagine God is here. And imagine that, that this here is all the times we've ignored God and rebelled against God. Ignore the fact that it's a Bible, okay? Here's all the times that we've ignored God and rebelled against God. And they, in fact, separate us, block us from relationship with him. But Jesus came to fix that problem. Not only as a baby, but that baby grew up and died on a cross. And on that cross, he took our sin, our rebellion, our ignorance of God on himself and died with it. 
so that by trusting in Jesus, we can now have a relationship with this God, our ultimate existential problem fixed. You don't need to bargain with God for it. It's a gift given by Jesus and his work on the cross. And how do we receive it? Well, like that one leper, we come to Jesus. We come to him and we have faith in him. Not blind faith, but trust in who Jesus is revealed to be at the cross according to the scriptures. That's how we find this right relationship with God. The kind of relationship that can help us weather any struggle in life. That's been my experience. Even if we face the worst with our families or our finances or our health, God wants to give us a a relationship that actually goes deeper and has more love behind it than even any wife or husband or child or parent on earth could give us. The kind of relationship that can only happen between us and the God who made us lovingly. And the kind of relationship that will never end and never go away because it's a relationship into eternal life with God and his people. The ultimate gift to solve the ultimate existential problem. And so Jesus invites you and me to have exactly that kind of relationship with God. Uh, If you come to church today um, and perhaps you've realized, yeah, I actually could ask for more from God here, um, then... uh, Let me just give you a challenge to not leave this morning before just chatting with someone about that. Maybe you've got questions about that. Maybe you're just wondering what that actually looks like. Maybe you're just dipping your toe in and sort of going, explain more to me about that. If that's you, hey, Christmas lunch can wait another 15 or 20 minutes, right? We're just going to be eating food into the afternoon anyway. So just spend, you know, 15 minutes here chatting with the person who brought you or with someone you know. If you don't know anyone here, please just come and grab me, okay? I would love to chat with you and there would be many other people here who'd love to chat just about who Jesus is and the invitation to relationship that he gives. If you're someone who has been thinking about this for a little while, and, and you're thinking, you know, I'm actually I'm keen to investigate this more. Um, let me invite you back here to church on Sunday mornings. Uh, that might be what it looks like for you to initially begin coming to Jesus, right? Or even just exploring whether that, in fact, is true, whether it's credible. Uh, come along to church Sunday morning. We learn together. Um, and uh, we even have plenty of people here who would love to read the Bible with you and, and explain and help you unpack all this stuff about Jesus. And if you're someone who has come to Jesus and does have faith in him and does have this restored relationship with God, today is a great day to celebrate. Whatever is going on in your life, whether it's financial problems, whether it's health problems, whether it's relational problems, problems at home, you have the relationship with God to not only weather all of those things, but put them into perspective as well. Because you have this eternal relationship with the God who loves you, the God who made you, the God who saved you through Jesus. And that is always cause to celebrate with great joy. It's just like uh, the shepherds were told, by that angel just before the birth of Christ. We read this just a moment ago, and I read this just in in my quiet time yesterday. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. This is good news. This is for great joy. Christ is the Saviour and the Lord. And we're going to celebrate more as we sing in just a moment. But first, would you join me in praying? Lord God, thank you for your word and thank you that you speak to us and reveal yourself to us, especially in your son, by sending him. And we remember that now today on Christmas Day. Lord, um, help us to really consider this one of relationship with you, uh, what it means to trust Jesus. For those of us who do trust him, Lord, help us to trust him more today and be thankful for this relationship that, that we have with you. Lord, we do pour out thanks to you now. And for those of us here this morning who um, are thinking about these things, um, considering them, Lord, I pray that you would just bring enlightenment in your timing. Um, And uh, thank you, Lord, just for your graciousness and your love and kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.